Yes, good morning, everyone. Welcome along to the show. It is Tuesday morning, the 28th of March, 2023. Daniel Petgrew in the chair. Good to be with you over the course of the next hour. We're broadcasting through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney, SENQ 693 AM in Brisbane, and SEN 1620 AM on the Gold, on the Gold Coast, even. Uh, all before breakfast with Fossey and Brandy coming up in an hour's time for our Queensland listeners for at least the rest of this week before daylight savings end here in New South Wales and other parts of Australia. You'll get the first hour of Vossie and Brandy before Patton Hills come along at 6am local time for you. one 1170 our open line number. You can text 0457 736 736. On the show today as well, we're going to have a chat with John Gallo. Now, no EPL over the course of the weekend, but of course the Socceroos are in action on Friday night. They're also in action tonight. Uh, a lot of other internationals played around the world. Plus, I want to have a chat to him about the A-League. And Graham Arnold has come out over the last 24 hours with some interesting comments, which I'll get to in this first part of the show and get your thoughts on it as well. So we'll have a chat about the state of the A-League as well with John Gallo when he joins me a bit later on in the show. Plenty of rugby league news around, as, you expe- as you'd expect. We'll get to all of that in just a second. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. our open line number. Or you can send us a text 0457 736 736. The Hot Topic. Thanks to Rheem. Built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install a Rheem. Yeah, built tough for Aussie conditions. Ask your plumber for Australia's favourite and install a Rheem. Plenty to get to on this Tuesday morning. Uh, we'll talk about a Sydney team. Uh, the talk in just a second, the talk about getting... Well, Cole, a few of them, a couple of people want a Sydney team to be taken out of Sydney. So we'll talk about that in just a second. But before that, let's go back to Saturday night when the Manly Seagulls played the South Sydney Rabbitohs. And the NRL has admitted an error was made in a decision that robbed one team dearly, which was the Manly Seagulls on Saturday night. Um, so we know what happened on uh, Saturday night. However, yesterday... NRL head of football, Graham Annesley, said the controversial decision was the wrong one. He said the decision to disallow the score cost the Seagulls dearly. As we know, South Sydney kicked a field goal and golden point to win 13 points to 12. He said yesterday he rotates his body and he's looking at Schuster, who's chasing him. The angle of the ball as it comes out of his hands is being passed backwards. From the point where the ball is passed to the point where the ball is caught, the ball has clearly moved forward from across the ground. Um, he continued to say, but that's not the indicator of a forward pass. It's about it's not about the path that the ball travels across the ground. It's about how the ball comes out of the hands. That's the rule, and it always has been. Well, that is a wonderful try that has been denied. Um, so, yeah. So Manly, of course, we know were denied the try. Um, and now their chief executive, Tony Mestroff, on the back of that press conference from Graham Annesley yesterday, has called for electronic technology used in tennis to be considered for rugby league to avoid legitimate passes being ruled after we saw it on Saturday night. He said yesterday it disappoints fans, but the careers of players and coaches are on the line and it's just not fair. So that was happened when the game was at 6 all. Now, we know uh, for a while now we've heard and we've been talking about the potential of having a chip in the ball. Um, so we know if it is a forward pass or not. And that seems to be been bubbling along, hasn't it over the past 12 months, but nothing has actually happened with that. He went on to say, what I'd like to see is some form of technology so we can eradicate this. 
I'm not putting more video pressure on the game, but it's time to look at some technology options. There is technology available to get these decisions right. We've seen technology used in tennis around on-the-line rules. They can get electronic area surveillance to make a judgment. It is done in tennis, so why can't it be done in rugby league? It's worth looking at a number of areas. The Ford Pass has always been iffy. Um, we have sorted out tries, we've sorted out groundings, so shouldn't we look at Ford Passes because it's a crucial part of the game? So that's Manly CEO Tony Mestrov, and obviously he is annoyed about the situation that happened on Saturday night with his team against Ma- against South Sydney. And, of course, South Sydney, as we know, went on to win a golden point, 13 points to 12. Um, 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 Ford Pass technology in the game. Now, if you cast your mind back many, many years ago, I'd say probably over 20 years ago, I think there was one year, just one year, where... They did use the video referee, this is pre-bunker days, did use the video referee to judge on Ford passes. And they found that out over the course of that year that they did it. It was a little hard just to judge Ford passes from a simple camera angle. But as I just said, we've been looking and talking about chipping the ball. Uh, He's saying use the same sort of technology that's used in tennis. Would you support technology? Uh, I mean, I know there's a lot of people who want less reviews and less technology in rugby league. I know there's some people that don't want any technology at all. Go back to the good old days when you had nothing. That's never going to happen. But I think he probably has a point that we check everything else and we've got the technology to check everything else. Should we have the technology to check forward passes? Because as he says, there are times, and it doesn't happen in every game, but there are times throughout the season where it is a close game and in most people's eyes, a Ford pass has been ruled when it wasn't Ford. Or maybe it was flat at best. Would you support Ford pass technology coming into the game? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170, our open line number to have you say. I think it's probably only a matter of time when this does happen. But would you support it? Or are you happy to let the referees and the touch judges make their own decision, and sometimes make the wrong decision. Would you prefer that technology stay out of our game? And I'm sure there would be people listening right now who prefer less technology. 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. Would you want Ford Pass technology to be introduced into our game as soon as possible? Or would you like less technology? We don't have to even talk about Ford Pass. Would you actually like to go back to the days where there was hardly any involvement from a video referee or a bunker. Interested to hear from you. 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 Now, we know expansion has been a hot topic in the NRL over the course of the past few years, of course, as we waited for the Dolphins to enter the competition and then we've seen how successful they've been over the first month, albeit they lost that game to Brisbane the other night. Well, now the NRL is or has moved to shut down any talk of relocating a Sydney-based club after QRL boss Bruce Hatcher called for one of the nine teams to be shifted to Perth. So NRL CEO Andrew Abdo has told News Corp the game was committed to having a national presence that could include a team in Perth, but not via relocation. He said Bruce is fine to have his views and comments, 
but I can tell you there has been no discussion with any existing NRL clubs around relocation. It's not on the agenda. It hasn't been discussed. Our focus at the moment is the expansion we have this year, the expansion of the men's and women's competition to 17 and 10 teams respectively, and looking at the feasibility of further expansion. As we know, there was a report released a few weeks ago now about the possibility of the NRL looking to grow to a 20-team competition over the next 10 years. So, And there is growing momentum for an 18th team, likely to be a Pacifica outfit to join the NRL as soon as 2026 and within the current broadcast deal. But Hatch's 18-team competition would include a fifth Queensland team and the rebranding of a Sydney team in Perth. He said the best way to give Perth an identity in the NRL is to straddle two markets with a history starting out of Sydney. There are too many teams in Sydney, but if you take one team out of Sydney and move it to Perth, we will have a better balanced competition with a national footprint. Um, Now, News Corp, the Daily Telegraph, polled rugby league fans asking which Sydney team should move to Perth, with 50% saying the West Tigers should go west. Cronulla had 10% and the Sydney Roosters had... Uh, sorry, Cronulla had 12%. The Roosters had 10% of the vote. Uh, the vote. Um, a number of Sydney club bosses hit out when contacted about Hatch's plans, uh, which he shared at a recent CEO's meeting. Meanwhile, Wayne Bennett has slammed NRL clubs as selfish uh, with attitudes on expansion as Queensland Rugby League chairman, as we said, Bruce Hatcher, called for a Sydney team to be killed off and relocated to Perth. So we know what Hatcher said, um, which... We'll get your views on in a moment. But Wayne Bennett, uh, whilst he is bla- uh, backed for Landy's expansionary vision and took a- took aim at Sydney clubs for attempting to block the growth of the sport, Bennett said PVL is a genius. He can do what he wants. He made a great decision with the Dolphins. He backed it. A lot of people doubted it. The clubs didn't want it. And look at the results. If Sydney had their way, they wouldn't be playing anywhere else but in Sydney. They wouldn't want test matches or state of origins. That's why you have administrators outside of the clubs that have to make the decisions in the best interest of what the game needs. But we get selfish in clubs and a bit personal. We all want to win the premiership, but we don't want to play against anybody to win it. So what do you make of all of that? Bruce Hatcher coming out and saying that there should firstly be a fifth Queensland team. And the team that we think will happen in Perth, should it be a Sydney team that has been relocated? from Sydney. And what I find, and this discussion comes up every now and again about certain clubs that could potentially move and relocate. Um, And of course, all the talk recently about Perth has actually been a team that hasn't been playing in the top tier level for quite some time in the North Sydney Bears, potentially being linked to a Perth team, which I don't think anyone would have a huge issue with. I think that'd be a very good idea. But when you talk about moving one of the nine teams in Sydney, now you can probably state there probably is the argument that there are too many teams in Sydney. Um, it is probably oversaturation. But on the flip side of that, and this is a point I always get back to, if it's your team that gets moved into state, whether it be Perth, Adelaide, wherever, you'd be devastated. Now, admittedly, because you have nine, well, you would have eight Sydney teams there. You would still get to see your team quite often, but it still wouldn't feel the same. So they can talk about moving um, a Sydney team out of Sydney, and they may have a valid point, read the oversaturation of teams. But how would you feel if it was your team that had to move interstate 
0457 736 or 1300-01-1170. Every now and again you hear talk about the Tigers, the Sharks, the Roosters, but how would you feel if it was your team that had to move interstate? And do you actually agree that maybe we should be looking at a Sydney team moving to Perth? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. What do you make of that discussion? I have said previously in this sh- on this show that I do think that at the end of the day, um, we do need a Perth team. I think, look, the Pacifica team is a great idea, but I still think a Perth team has to be top of the agenda. It'd be great for TV, and we definitely have a footprint in Perth. So I'd have no issue with a Perth team, but should that, do you agree with Bruce Hatcher? Should that be a Sydney team that's around now playing in the NRL move to Perth? 0457 736 736. Open line number to have you say on that one is 1300 01 1170. And this one just before a break as well. And as I say, we're going to talk to John Gallo in about 15 minutes, our football expert on the show about uh, a lot of things. But I saw, see, Graham Arnold has come out and said A League expansion and a move to at least 30 games per season is the only way to continue the talent reduction line and boost Australia's standing on the world stage. Um, now, the soccer is in action again tonight. Uh, English Premier League stars Harry Suter will miss that after suffering an ankle injury on Friday. Um, but Arnold suggested that one of the reasons for uh, one of the stars of Australia recently, Riley McGree's unbelievable form with English Championship uh, team Middlesbrough, was the increase in the amount of games he's played and that needed to be replicated in Australia. So currently the A-League has 26 rounds, which Arnold said wasn't enough to develop players sufficiently. With expansion plans now moving forward for two more teams, and as he looks uh, to build on the World Cup success in Qatar last year, Arnold wants that element of the local game addressed. He said yesterday, we just need the A-League to play more and more games. It's crazy. 25 is not enough. I could probably name 100 kids that could go up to another level, but they just need to play more football. If you're a golfer and you want to get to a low handicap, what do you do? You play more. And it's the same in football now. It's a team sport, but it's also very much an individual sport as well. So he went on to say, just so, just expand and give kids more of an opportunity to fulfill their dreams. Because when you restrict those, uh, then you're taking away kids' uh, lives, so give them a chance. Um so, Graham Arnold believes uh, the two expansion, two more expansion clubs looks likely anyway because there are plans afoot with that, and playing more than twenty five or twenty six games a year, at least thirty games a year in the A League, thirty rounds a year in the A League. Interested to get your take on this. Now, I have no doubt Graham Arnold obviously knows what he's talking about, and look, he is probably right in the fact that the more you play. Um, what the English Premier League play, a lot more than 26 games a year. Um, However, the popularity of the A-League at the moment. Now, I watch bits and pieces of it. I'll speak to John about it in about 15 minutes' time. I remember when the A-League first started up, uh, what was it, 2005, and it was on the back of the Socceroos winning the World World Cup qualifier and making it to the World Cup. and the success of the A-League over the first four or five years, some of the international stars we got out there was tremendous. And even in more recent times, uh, the Wanderers 
um, when they joined the competition, what, probably about 10 years ago now, they used to get, well, they, well, they did get big crowds. In my mind, there's no doubt the popularity of the A-League has dipped in recent times. But if you are an A-League fan, give us a call, 0457, text 0457 736 736 or 1300 1170. Let us know. If you go to A-League games, I've got friends that go to A-League games. They say the standard's very good. Could the standard be better? Is Graham Arnold right? Should we increase the number of games to give Australia an international, international presence? in a World Cup event, a better chance. 0457-736-736 or 1300-01-1170. And if you're someone that used to watch the A-League and haven't for a while, at, at least on a regular basis, tell me why. I'd love to hear from you. It's, it's always an interesting topic when we talk about the A-League um, and the interest level in it. And then there would be the people that will watch the English Premier League and watch when the Socceroos play but not really watch too much A-League. Why? 0457-736-736 or 1300-01-1170. And is Graham Arnold right? Two more expansion teams should be playing longer. I think what does hurt the A-League a little bit is in its current format um, that they come up against the first two or three months of the NRL and AFL seasons. But on the flip side of that, if they did it the other way, they would probably be... Um, running into their finals. So I don't know exactly what they could do about that. But what do you make of Graham Arnold's comments? Two more expansion teams, 30 games at least for the A-League a year. 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 So that's just what is on the plate today. Just some of the agenda today. NRL, Ford Pass Technology. Would you like to see it? Are you a fan of more technology in the game, in particular after what we saw in that Manly Souths game the other night? 0457 736 736 or 1300-01-1170. Uh, Graham Arnold, as I was just talking about, A-League expansion, 30 games. Are you a fan of the A-League? And also, the NRL expansion, would you be a fan of seeing a current NRL Sydney team playing in the top tier be relocated to Perth to be the 18th, 19th, 20th team? Are there too many NRL teams in Sydney? Should there be less? And would you be a fan of seeing a team move? Or would you uh, rather it just be a new entity and a fifth Queensland team as well? Should that be on the agenda? 0457 736 736 is our text number. You can call the open line 1300 01 1170 to your text and more of the news of the day next. It's 19 past five in New South Wales, 19 past four in Queensland. This is Tradies News in a nutshell. It is 23 past five in New South Wales, 23 past four in Queensland. Good to have you company on this Tuesday morning. John Gallo after the next break to talk all things football, including that topic we were just talking about, which we'll revisit in just a second. A few texts there. I'll get to them as well. Uh, just a bit of the other news of the day. We mentioned on the show yesterday, well, I did, about uh, how I think the first opening month of the NRL season, for the most part, with the exception of some games, um, has been really high-quality standard. It's been really, really good to watch. And uh, that has been confirmed uh, with a story on the back page of the Sydney Morning Herald this morning saying the NRL is off to the strongest start to a season in its history with more fans attending games through the first four rounds than in any year since the competition, the NRL competition, began 25 years ago. So the total audience of 612,000, just over 612,000 through rounds one to four is over 140,000 more than at the same stage in 2022. 
That no, now I don't know if that. Well, I don't think there was any COVID restrictions last year at that point in time, so that wouldn't have had anything to do with it. That number represents um, an increase of thirty-one percent in twenty twenty-three, with one hundred and forty-five thousand more people having tickets than in the same period of last year's season. Um, the inclusion of the Dolphins, who have won three of their first four games and closer margins of victory, have also contributed to the NRL's strong start. The largest attendance came at Suncorp Stadium on Friday, uh, with 51,047 people turning up to watch that Broncos game. Uh, NRL manager of elite football, Graham Annesley, said the closeness of the games after blowouts uh, throughout a lot of games in 2022 were driven uh, by fan engagement, well, driving fan engagement. This year, 78% of games have been decided by 12 points or fewer. The highest number of 0 to 12-point games after four rounds since 1908. What do you reckon? I, I think the first four weeks of the competition has been really, really good to watch. Really outstanding footy. 0457 736 736 or 1300 1170. So I'm not surprised when that is revealed. TV ratings have also been up uh, for uh, this year, at least on Fox. I think Channel 9, uh, sort of the same thing. So, uh, yeah, as I say, the first four weeks of the competition, in my eyes, has been really good footy. And we've got another, well, six months of it. It will, I think, get impacted as it always does a little with state, the state of origin period. But as I said yesterday, if this is what we're seeing at the start of the season, we've got another, what, five or six weeks before the origin period hits. And then if that's the quality we're seeing now, imagine the quality we're going to get at the back end of the year once Origin is done and then into the final series. It is a really exciting year. And as Vossi was making the point yesterday on our breakfast show through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney, um, that I think, and I agree with him, um, Penrith had definitely come back to the pack. The Cowboys, and I'll talk about them in just a second, have at least for now come back to the pack. The Sharks up until last week, Looked like they had as well, but they were very good the other night against the Dragons with the inclusion of Nico Hines. And then you've still got question marks on sides like Penrith, the Roosters, and South Sydney. So at the moment, this competition, very wide open, isn't it? Four weeks into it. And then you look at who's in the top four now. The Dolphins, we've probably still got a bit of a question mark on them, but the Warriors are going well. Are the Broncos, four from four. In really intriguing first month of the competition. Speaking of the Cowboys, just before we get to some of your texts, uh, North Queensland Cowboys coach Todd Payton has accepted responsibility for his team's 2-2 start to the season, saying he took the foot off the gas when it came to training due to weather and travel conditions. But he is confident the team will continue to improve and hinted that his players will be facing some ruthless training sessions in the days ahead. And he was asked on NRL 360 last night, if he was happy about his side start to the season. And he said, I'd like to win another game or two. There's no doubt our best footy is still in front of us. The frustrating thing for me as coach is the two games we lost, we just put ourselves under far too much pressure with ball security and poor discipline. The first month or six weeks of the competition, you've got to get those two parts of your game spot on. Last season, as we know, the Cowboys exceeded all expectations. Uh, so we'll see what they can do uh, over the remaining Many, many weeks of the competition. Look, they're still a good team. They've got to win over the Titans the other day. Um, but their first month of footy has definitely been far from what we saw from them last year. And they were a surprise back at last year, weren't they, the Cowboys? Um, so it's a different season this year. But, look, Todd Payton's a good coach. They've got some very good players, the Cowboys. We saw that last year. They've been a bit slow off the blocks. But 
definitely wouldn't be ruling them out just yet. And before all your texts and a break and then John Gallo, of course, the grand final. We were talking about this just two or three weeks ago about where the grand final will be. If you cast your mind back to last year, we had a situation where we didn't even know until, what was it, late July, early August? Might have even been later than that where the grand final last year was going to be. And Peter Vlandy said when he announced it was for Sydney, it was only for one year. And he was open to a Super Bowl-style roadshow for the NRL grand final. Well, that talk is going to heat up again in coming days and weeks as the ARL Commission prepares to hold talks with the freshly minted New South Wales government over its plans for the game showpiece event. The Commission is yet to confirm where this year's grand final will be played, as we know. Now, with Labor securing a landslide victory and Chris Wynn sweeping to power over the weekend, ARL Commissioner Peter Volandi is expected to seek immediate talks with the Premier. Now, he will be the Premier after today, I think it is, uh, Premier-elect at the moment, and the incoming Sports Minister over their plans for the grand final. The Queensland government will be watching closely. Uh, we know it's made no secret of its desire to snatch the grand final away from Sydney should the New South Wales government attempt to lowball the NRL. So the New South Wales government paid $8 million last year to keep the grand final in Sydney. And there has been talk that the game could be worth as much as $500 million to the NRL over the next 25 years. Uh, Chris Bins has already made it clear that he wants to keep the event in Sydney having told the Daily Telegraph last month he was committed to the event. And he said, we've got to keep the grand final in Sydney. We're committed to that. It's the centrepiece event of the New South Wales sporting calendar. Melbourne has the Australian Open, the Grand Prix, the AFL grand final, the Melbourne Cup and the Boxing Day Test. They have all this activity locked in and know how many tourists are going to come in every 12 months. Sydney gets complacent because we've got the harbour, the opera house, the bridge, and think it's all going to come naturally. The time is fast approaching when he'll be called on to back up those statements with cash. We'll see what happens uh, over the coming days and weeks with that, with Chris Minns, the new Premier of New South Wales, and whether we do indeed see a grand final in Sydney and whether if it is going to be in Sydney, whether they lock it in for long term or if it's just going to be um, a year-to-year -year basis. We'll wait and see. Any thoughts on that? Uh, 0457 736 736 or 1300 Okay, a couple of texts before a break. Uh, on the agenda today, talking about forward-pass technology. So we were talking about this on the back of the situation with the Manly Seagulls on Saturday night. Tonight, as Graham Annesley said yesterday in his Monday press conference, uh, fair try. Uh, Tony Mestre of the Manly CEO, if you're just switching the radio on, wants, wants forward pass technology into the game, similar to what we use in tennis. And we've also heard about uh, recent times a chip in the ball. This one from uh, the uh, yes, from someone from Oyster Bay says, Hi, young Daniel. Is it a silly idea to just paint solid white lines every one metre across the whole field to judge a forward pass? Could be done virtually by the broadcasters, Obviously, because there'll be too much lines on the logo, uh, too many lines on the field uh, with the logos as well. Uh, it, it could be an idea. Look, the broadcasters, as we know, they put sponsorship um, logos on the field that aren't actually there. So I can't see why they couldn't. Um, it's not the worst idea I've heard of, actually. Actually, um, yeah, I, I, look, I don't think that's a bad idea. I don't know whether the broadcasters would want to invest that much money to do that. But if, if it did happen and you would only need it as well when they check it, it is an option.
Um, obviously, you wouldn't wouldn't want to see it every play, but maybe when a forward pass is ruled, then and it's contentious, then maybe you can do that. Not a bad idea. Um, and this one here as well. So we're talking about um, Sydney teams um, potentially. Uh, Bruce Hatcher has said come out over the past couple of days and said that. The next team, whether well, the, the team that's going to be based in Perth, whether that's the next team in the NRL, we'll wait and see. But the next team should be a team from Sydney. So there's too many teams in Sydney, nine time teams in Sydney. One team has to go over to Perth. This text here, no name on it, but a number ending in 502 says, Hi, Dan. As a Tigers fan, it would be gutting for them to move. However, it would give them the identity they do desperately need. Not two clubs, one club, one identity. So that's another very interesting point as well, because I said at the top of the show that if your team, if it's your team that moves, you can be all for a team moving out of Sydney and you may agree that there's too many teams in Sydney. And I take that point, but if it's your team that moves over to interstate, you would feel awful, but you do make a good point as well on the text there that maybe it would be good for the West Tigers because it would be one club, not two clubs. But it would still be gutting, I think. I just don't think it will happen because you would probably polarise too many fans of whatever that team is, no matter who it is. But what do you reckon? 0457 736 736 or 1300 0111 70. Ford Pass technology. Would you like to see it into the game? Would you like to see less technology into the game? A Sydney team. Is there too many Sydney teams in the NRL? Should the next, Should the Perth team be from Sydney, should they move a Sydney team over to Perth and reduce it to eight teams? Or should it just be a brand new entity or something like a North Sydney Bears or Perth Bears? 0457 736 736 or 1300 1170. We'll take a break. On the other side of this, we'll talk a bit of footy, football, the round ball game with John Gallo. Yes, a couple of texts quickly before we speak to John Gallo. This one from the Sewer Eel on 0457 736 736. Talking about uh, Bruce Hatcher has come out and said that there's too many teams in Sydney. The team that plays in Perth, and there will be eventually a team in Perth, one would expect should be a team that's moved from Sydney, should be relocated from Sydney. A couple of Ti uh, Tigers fan texts in before the break saying it's be gutting for them to move, but maybe it would be... Uh, the best thing for them. The Sewer Eel has responded, if the Tigers were made to relocate to, say, Western Australia, would that mean that they have seven home grounds? Uh, yes, probably. They've got about four at the moment, so potentially. Thank you, Sewer Eel. And this from Marty in Richmond. It wouldn't really be a Sydney team once it's in Perth. And would the players want to relocate? Well, that's an excellent point, Marty, because, well, well it wouldn't be a Sydney team, but I think they would keep the identities. So if it was the Tigers, it would be the Perth Tigers. If it was the Sharks, it would be the Perth Sharks, so on and so forth. Um, but you're right, it wouldn't it wouldn't be the same as it is now. But secondly, that's a really good question, Re players. Not every player who's and let's talk let's just talk about the top squad, so 25, 30 players, maybe more shortly, would be willing on a year's, maybe two years notice to move to another state. And and also if they do have to give a team notice to do this then we're in a situation where if they have to give two years notice, how many people would actually go to the games in Sydney for the remaining two years? I just I just don't see it, see it as a feasible option. Uh, I still think something like a Perth Bears 
relocating from North Sydney and maybe playing a couple of games at North Sydney a year, home games and the rest in Perth is probably the best way to go about it. Uh, 0457 736 736 or 1300 0111 70 with your thoughts on all of that. Now on Tradies News, it's time for the latest in football. And on the line, as he is each and every Tuesday morning, is John Gallo. Good morning to you, John. Good morning to you, Dan. How are we? I am very well indeed. Lots to discuss now. Of course, no English Premier League across the weekend. We had the international break. The Socceroos were in action on Friday night. They're back in action uh, tonight. We'll talk about them in just a second. But I want to talk to you about the A-League, which usually, um, with the show only being an hour, we don't usually get a bit a lot to talk about when we're focusing on the EPL. Um, but Graham Arnold has come out over the last day, yesterday, and saying that, uh, to improve Australia, as in the Socceroos, at a national level, we need to see two more expansion clubs in the A-League, and look, plans are afoot to do that. And instead of playing 25 or 26 rounds, they need to play at least 30 rounds. Now, it's interesting comments, and I, I'm interested to get your take on it, because, look, Graham Arnold knows what he's talking about quite clearly, and obviously the more games you play, the better you're going to get. But where do you see the A-League at the moment, considering that we're almost 20 years since it launched? Where do you put the A-League in terms of Australian sport at the moment? And what do you make of Graham Arnold's comments? Yeah, I think, look, when the A-League was first designed and set up, it was there to obviously outdo its previous uh, league, which was then the the National Soccer League, the NSL. And the whole selling point around the A-League was that it was going to unite fans uh, together, particularly of, of, of ethnic background at that time, NSL, kind of fell on bad terms with itself because of the uh, amount of infighting that went on with, with certain clubs um, due to cultural reasons, political reasons. And to kind of get away from all that, the A-League was set up. And look, I, I think the first, you know, the, the, the main model for the A-League, the first 10 years was quite clear. You could see they were trying to bring in the likes of Dwight York and Del Piero and all these big name uh, superstars from Europe to come over. But then it became a little bit obvious to a lot of football fans in Australia that these these players getting over here mid-30s, injuries, probably not the same players they once were. Mm. And in the long term, it wasn't going to do the game any good, nor was it going to do the Socceroos any good, because obviously those, those particular players weren't representing Australia. So it, it kind of got a little bit confusing as to what the A-League was trying to do. And then suddenly the crowd realised the football uh, itself wasn't up to the standard that they thought it should have been as well. And so people kind of have fallen away a lot in terms of crowd attendance over the last probably five to ten years. That's become more and more evident as the likes of Rugby Union has picked itself up in the last two or three years. Obviously, um, you've got the AFL and Rugby League, which are probably the benchmark as to what the A-League needs to do in terms of getting over fans and winning over crowd attendances in each and every game. And that hasn't happened. I think the marketing for for A-League clubs has been a little bit poor as well. During the off-season, we don't hear a lot about the A-League, to be honest with you, and it kind of just pops up suddenly you know, a week before uh, before the season launches and then suddenly we've got to uh, remind ourselves that we've got our own A-League competition here in Australia and that's a little bit sad, but I think it's true for a lot of Australian football fans that we just don't get enough advertising around it, particularly for grassroots level as well, get the kids interested and, you know, maybe players going to visit schools and things like that. You just don't see that anymore from, from A-League clubs, which is sad. Um, but I, I agree with what, you know, in terms of Graham Arnold playing 30, 30 rounds, I think that would be good, as you said, to get the match fitness up for these players, to give them a, you know, an opportunity for youngsters to play in certain games as well and rotate the teams 
more uh, frequently, I think, would be a great thing in the end, particularly for Australia. I just think the league needs to be set up in a way that can really benefit Australia going for the Socceroos, because that's what it's designed for. And I like the idea that the A-League has currently come up with, which is promotion-demotion uh, for, for next year and, and beyond. I think that's something that was a little bit slow to take off. I think the first 20 years, for it to take 20 years to get a promotion-demotion happening, I think was a little slow for the A-League to react. So there's a lot of areas we could be better at. Uh, financially, there's a lot of clubs struggling in the A-League. I know that. I know the FFA have propped it up. A lot of clubs like the Mariners and the Newcastle Jets. Um, and that's, that's a bit concerning as well. But, um, mm. yeah, we've got to do a lot better going forward. Uh, and I think in terms of expansion, it's difficult because the A-League once tried that with the North Queensland Fury, if you remember that, mm. up in North Queensland, Townsville. And then they obviously got into financial difficulties a couple of years later. And then they obviously got disbanded. And Gold Coast United with uh, Clive Palmer. When Clive Palmer took over the club, there was no advertising around Gold Coast. Gold Coast fans said they hardly ever heard of what Gold Coast United were up to. And then a couple of years later, that club also folded. So it's a difficult one for the A-League. They've got to be careful where they tread with that mm. because certain areas just have proven they aren't in that area of, of being a football uh, community. So it's a difficult question. And you are right. When the A-League started up, they got the international stars out, which I think helped promote the A-League. But now we're – and we'd love to see some great international stars out, and we still do occasionally. But we also want to see a homegrown Australian players. On the, and on the back of the success of the World Cup last year, that has to be done. Just before I quickly ask you about the Socceroos, uh, and I mentioned at the top of the show with the A-League, I suppose they – and you just said it sort of then as well with the AFL and the NRL – they're between a rock and a hard place, really, because if they stay with the season they have at the moment and finish it in May, they're up against three – of well, the first three months of both the NRL and the AFL season. But if you do it the other way, you're going to end up against them at a final series when AFL and NRL just dominate. So I don't think there's any way that the A-League can avoid clashing with rugby league and AFL. Yeah, you're right. And they've tried to set up for a long time and trying to avoid that by having it in the summer as well. And look, yeah, I think it's difficult. I don't think you want to be clashing with NRL and AFL too often, but I'd rather clash with them if I had to at the front end of the season mm. for the NRL and AFL rather than in the final series because obviously that would be a lot harder to compete with. So I think if you had the choice between the two, I'd rather you know go with competing with them in the early stages of the season. That would probably be the best way forward because obviously for the A-League at that stage of the season, it'd be going towards finals as well. So it may make more sense going that way rather than facing them in the finals in the NRL and AFL. That'd be more challenging, I think. And it would be great to see the A-League continue to expand and grow in popularity. Uh, now, we'll talk EPL when it's back on the weekend. The Socceroos on Friday. We've got a couple of minutes. Uh, the Socceroos on Friday, good win uh, against Ecuador. They play again tonight. Only friendly matches, but it's a good uh, a good base to grow heading into the next World Cup after what we saw uh, that, that Socceroos did in Qatar last year, the back end of last year. Yeah, they were really good. Um, you know, on, on Friday night, the Socceroos, they were very impressive. Jackson Irvine, Mabil, Aziz Beich, Harry Suter, uh, I thought were fantastic. Mitchell Duke, again, brilliant. Um, I just think, yeah, the, the Australian team at the moment have got a real click going on together and there's a real understanding out there on the football field what each and every player is uh, is there to do. And I think they, they carry out their jobs fantastically well as a team. And I think it really worked well against Ecuador who provided us with, with some you know, troubling moments at times. They created some half opportunities here and there, but credit to the Socceroos, they, they created their own opportunities and were a threat going forward and attack, which was really pleasing to see, I think. And uh, I think defensively, we were structured quite well as well. So, you know, great performance from, Equ- uh, from Australia and Ecuador as well. Good performance in a friendly game. Good to see the talent coming through for the Australian team. 
and some of those youngsters coming off the bench and giving an opportunity was pleasing as well. So uh, tonight, yeah, again, Australia and Ecuador face up in another friendly game. And uh, hopefully, again, we get a similar result for the Socceroos. John, great stuff. Looking forward to having a chat on Friday morning. The EPL back in action. We spoke last Friday, got some of your predictions. We'll see if they become true over the next couple of months. But we'll chat on Friday morning and we'll preview a really interesting round, which begins with Man City up against Liverpool. Good way to get the Premier League back in action across the weekend. Yeah, fantastic game. Can't wait for it. It'll be probably potentially a title-deciding game for Man City. So, uh, yeah, big weekend of EPL football coming up. Looking forward to it. We'll chat on Friday, mate. Have a good rest of the week. We'll chat in a few days. Cheers, mate. Talk soon. John Gallo talking all things A-League, and he is right. Um, I think he's spot on. It would be good to see the A-League grow in popularity, and I think Graham Arnold uh, has a point. More games, the better for our players in terms of wanting to succeed on the international stage. 0457 736 736, our text number. Call the open line 1300 01 1170. We'll finish the show off with some texts in just a second. It's 10 and a half to 6 in New South Wales, 10 and a half to 5 in Queensland. Swip through a few texts before the end of the show. This is from Steve the Colleton Bulldog. Morning, Dan. On expansion, the NRL would get more fans and exposure if they set up the Bears in WA. Agree. But it would be a disaster if they played out of Optus Stadium or the Wacker. They would need to have a stadium similar to the Dolphins. A Pacifica team would be way down the list of new teams for me, as which location would they base at? PNG, Tonga, Samoa, Cairns. The NRL would be better off bringing back the Test Weekend during Round 2 of the State of Origin, my opinion. Cheers, Steve the Colleton Bulldog. Bulldog will be interesting to see. Uh, I think the Pacifica team will be the one who next gets in. Um, I think Perth should. I would have Perth before the Pacifica team. I think they'll both be in sooner rather than later. Uh, This from the Oval Treeman. Hi, Dan. Trials of Ford Pass technology were undertaken during some NRLW games last year. And whilst there are some preliminary positive results, we haven't heard any more. It would seem that the microchip technology could be an answer as not requiring any subjective input by officials. As long as it doesn't add to the stoppages in the game, could be a step forward. Yep, good point. And it was trialled in those some of those NRLW games. Chookman says, hi, Dan. Relocate south to the South Pole. Thank you, Chookman. Uh, is that far enough away for you? And also this one, hi, Dan. Not in favour of transplanting a Sydney team in another location like Perth. A place like Perth would need a team they can identify with for it to be successful. Yep, I understand that point as well. Thank you for all your texts this morning. Tomorrow morning, we'll chat to Matty Cox, host of Tradies News in Melbourne. Coming up on Breakfast with Vossi and Brady, Tom Burgess from the South Sydney Robodos ahead of their big clash against the Melbourne Storm this weekend and Michael Carianis with all the latest NRL headlines. I'll catch you tomorrow morning from 5am. Breakfast is next.